hear that? I love them because they make me feel good. You hear that? Those are all good things. Nothing wrong with that. What God says is you love them when you hate them. Not hate in the sense of evil, but love them when, like you've been in the house together for two months and, and you really don't want to look at that face anymore. When you would like to do something else. When there are times when some little habit you might like you have is driving the, your spouse crazy. Love is you choose to love when your feelings don't line up with it. You don't want to at that moment in time. But you choose to love the other person simply because you're married to him or her. Or as we talked about agape, simply because they're a human being. Every human being is created in the image of God. It therefore is of tremendous value to you. Agape love sees the value in the other person, no matter who they are, because they're a human being. They may have all kinds of problems. They may have stolen from you. And I, I can share, I could share many examples with you on a personal level with uh, stealing, hurting, in many ways. And what God says is you love them anyway. That's not easy to do, as we said earlier. It has to be Christ doing that in you. That's why love is the expression of the quote earlier about the flower. Love is reflecting what you've taken in, the God that you trust, you put your faith in. You love other people so they can see that God. If you're loving someone who hates you, who's hurt you, despitefully used you, Scripture talks about, when you turn around and ask God to bless them, when you turn around and love them, when you turn around and do something for them, they may think you're an idiot for being a Christian or having faith in God. They may think you're dumb, irrational, not intellectual. But what can they not say? They cannot deny that you have done this for them, can they? They cannot deny that you've loved them. They cannot deny, if you share it with them, your motivation for doing so. Because as a Christian, this is what I have to do. Even though you may not feel like doing it, you do it. Because that's who you are. You see the value in the other person. You you sacrifice for the other person. It's an unconditional, expecting nothing in return, love. And then the tense of the verb that's used here to describe this love is not past tense. It's not future tense, even though it includes the future. It's present tense. Present tense in Greek means what? You just do it all the time. Perpetually, continually, habitually. That's when when you saw the verb a moment ago, the verb practices. Practices means you do it all the time. As we talked about earlier, it's who you are by nature. So look at your handout. We're going to look at number one quickly, and then we're going to stop for today. Verse seven. First thing I want us to notice is, is God's love to us. Verse seven. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love God, who does not love, does not know God, for God is love. What verse 7 is saying in kind of a summary statement is love is the natural manifestation of the fact you've been born again. 
He uses the term beloved. He also uses it in chapter 3, and he'll use it in other places in the, in the epistle. And, and when he uses the term beloved, as I said, John refers to this type of thing over and over again. When he uses the, the term beloved, he means very special tender ones. Christians are in a very special family and relationship. It's not that we've just chosen to join the lodge together or we're in a group together or on a team together. We are the family of God. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We are his children. We are the beloved. We are his church. We are ultimately his bride. So many family loving relationships are used to describe us. So he calls them beloved. It's John's favorite phrase. He uses two. One is beloved and the other is little children as he refers to Christians. The beloved of God and little children. We're all in the same family. So look at verse 7. First thing he says to to the beloved, let us Love one another. Again, the Greek is continuously do this, not, not just now and then, but continuously love one another. Specifically, and contextually, and immediately, he's talking about within the body of Christ. But by extension, and as you read through, he's also talking about others who are not Christians. Jesus made it real clear. He said, how will other people know you are my disciples? Like, by what? the love you have for each other. They will see, we're going to see some stuff next week, historical stuff, the the world will see how much we as Christians love each other and they will be drawn to that because they desperately need it. One of the things that um, when you're home for two months, and I'm not a big TV watcher, but at night I've sat down and watch a little TV and one of the things that I've kind of gotten hooked on, and I was watching Andy Griffith, which I've always been hooked on the Andy Griffith show, and I love it. I was watching that. Well, after Andy Griffith goes off, this show, Everybody Loves Raymond, comes on. You've all heard it, probably seen it. So every night we're watching Everybody Loves Raymond for two episodes. And uh, I love Brad Garrett, who's the big older brother in that, in that show. And one of the shows they did this week, he joins this group called The uh, Path of Light or something like that. And... So he comes home, and they're Catholic. And he comes home, and the first thing his mom and his dad say is, oh my God, he's joined a cult. And so in the process, that you see in what's going on, but in the process, one of the telling things that Brad Garrett says is, I just wanted to find a place where they loved me just for me. I wanted a sense of belonging. I wanted to feel like they cared about me just because I was there. If you go back and you study cults, put that one aside. If you go back and you study cults, and I remember in the 70s uh, dealing with uh, the Moonies, and, and uh, I was crazy. I'd even go out to the airport and, and talk to, to the Hare Krishna people. And, and anyway, dealing with some Moonies and then studying it, one of the reasons individuals were drawn to those type of groups is they did not feel that in their church or in their family. And they, if you remember the story of Jim, those of you older remember the story of Jim Jones in the late 70s, and he was a mainline Christian pastor, and he ended up taking like 500 people with him to Guyana, convinced them that he was the Messiah, and they all lived together and loved one another. They believed in Jim Jones. Their, he was their Messiah. You can go back and see it. I was watching a documentary on it recently as well. 
But I remember, I remember it vividly when it happened. And he talked every one of those people into killing themselves to follow him. Okay, he killed himself, and they all, but before they killed themselves, they all killed their children. They all drank poison Kool-Aid. And they found them, you know, the kids wrapped around their parents, dead. They thought they were being loved. They thought they knew love. That wasn't love. That was self-centeredness. That was pride. And they ended up killing their children to follow this guy who was lying to them. But everybody's looking for a place where I'm cared about. What does John say? Look at verse 7 again. Let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone who loves, again, agape, highest form of love, is born of God and knows God. Born of God and knows God. That's why we as the church, it's absolutely vital that we love each other. It does not mean we're going to agree on everything. Of course not. But we can disagree and still love each other and still keep focused on the essentials, the person of Christ and who, what the word of God is and who God is. How do you become right with God, the gospel, the reason we're here? When you notice these words in Greek in, in verse 7, it says, let us love one another for God is love. In Greek, there's a thing here called the definite article. It's really important. You'll see it several times in, in the New Testament. What it means is, God is, when it says God is love, the way you would say it in Greek is God is the love. The love. Meaning that there is no, no one, nowhere else in the universe that this love can be found except in him. We can love altruistically in a human way. But you cannot love the, the way the love is without knowing God because he is of God. Love is of God. That little phrase in verse 7 means he's the origin of God. He's the source of love. And that's how I know I'm a child of God, when I love that way, when I, I care about people that way. To quote Jesus, you've heard it said, you should love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you, may be, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his son, his son, S-U-N, rise on the evil and on the good, and he sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Love is of God. Now, if you wrap this up today, I want you to think about that phrase, from the lips of Jesus Christ. If you don't think the Bible is relevant, if you don't think Jesus is relevant, he could literally be speaking those words from this pulpit today, and he is through Scripture to our world. The coronavirus reigns on the just and on the unjust. It doesn't discriminate. Christians are going to have it. Non-Christians are going to have it. It reigns on the just and on the unjust. The difference is we need to take it as an opportunity to show that our God is love. And that we trust him. And that we want to care about people. And we want to love them. We want to reach out to them. We want to share the gospel with them. Two quick things and we're done. Look at verse 7 again. 
the divine nature we have. We are born of God. The literal and the original language is this is a past event with present evidence. In other words, like my case, I was born again 50 years ago. And that should be evident in my life today, 50 years down the road, that I am a child of God. That it wasn't a one-time event. I got baptized somewhere and that was it. No, I was changed. I love because I've been born again. There's evidence in my life, not all the time, I'm not perfect. Never said that. That that's who you are, that you want that nature to come out. Hebrews chapter 6, the Bible says, God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love which you've shown toward his name in that you have ministered, past tense, to the saints and you do minister currently. In other words, God doesn't forget that you've been changed. Doesn't forget. He knows who you are. He knows you became his child, in my case, 50 years ago. And he's seen what you've done for the kingdom. He's done through you. And he wants that to continue now and going forward. Because you are his child. And I want to stop there today. And I want us just to think for a moment. Of this principle that God is love. What does that mean? What does that mean? We're going to talk a whole lot more about it next week. But here's what I want you to take away from today. And I'm looking forward to next week as we walk through the rest of these verses. By nature, our God is love. He loves because that's who he is. In my life. And as we close out, this is what I want you to think about as, as the worship team leads us in this song. Do I love people just because they're people? Or do I love people because they love me in return? I wish they'd love me in return. And many do. You are examples. Sometimes there'll be people who won't. Even in your own family. Siblings. Relatives. Who use you. Can you love them in return? And I'm telling you from personal experience, that's not always easy to do. Christ can do it. And commands me to let him do it. Would you bow your heads please? Father, as we close out our time together today, we thank you for loving us. We just thank you for the person of Jesus Christ. That because of who he is, we have a new nature. He died so that we could be born again. So he told Nicodemus, if you want to see God, you must be born again. We thank you for the privilege that we don't have to work. He did the work. I pray we would understand that you're love and that we are to be loving because you are in us. I thank you for the folks that are here, those that are watching Facebook. Lord, challenge us. How do we find ourselves during the week? Challenge us to love as we've been loved. In Jesus' name, amen. Those of you that are here, stand as lead us in this last song, and then we will close out our time together.